Marketing around clinical trials is really around starting a conversation. And the two most important parts of the conversation are who are you talking to and what are you saying? Welcome back to the Trial Better Podcast. On today's very exciting episode, we're welcoming our new host, Otis Johnson, to the Trial Better family. Otis is ERT's Vice President of Trial Oversight and Chief Diversity Officer. He's joined by Dan Grenner, founder and CEO of One N Health. Will changes to sponsor patient recruitment strategies in response to the pandemic stick around? Or will the site-based model reign supreme again in a post-COVID world? Listen now as Dan and Otis discuss this and more on Trial Better. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Trial Better podcast. I'm your host, Otis Johnson, ERT's Vice President of Trial Oversight. Today, we're excited to welcome Don Brenner to Trial Better. Don Brenner is CEO and founder of One in Health. I am looking forward to a great discussion with Don about the way the industry has had to evolve its patient recruitment strategies in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Don, thanks for joining us and welcome to Trial Better. Otis, thanks for having me. It's certainly a pleasure and indeed very much looking forward to uh, the before and afters of what COVID has done to the industry and also some cool adjustments and things that we're seeing as the industry evolves beyond 2020. Oh, that's great. Well, to kick things off, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, One in Health? So a bit of my background, I'm, I'm kind of a, a crossbreed between a life science veteran and an e-commerce veteran. And so I, I came and started One in Health kind of combining both of those philosophies of how do you incite individuals with compelling marketing to take some action. And so leveraging my, my life science history and background, what we're doing at One in Health is basically what, what marketing does across really any any industry, which is putting some sort of advertising catalyst in front of someone, hoping they take some action. And for us at One in Health, what the action we're hoping folks are driven towards is to enrolling in clinical trials. We just happen to think that the catalyst that we put in front of them and the way that we target them are, are class leading. And that's why we've been able to produce such good results since we've started. It sounds like you're doing some fantastic work over there at One in Health that our industry certainly needs, um, as our industry still struggles to recruit enough patients on time. So early last year, as the COVID-19 pandemic was gaining momentum um, and beginning to impact sponsors' ability to run clinical trials, what kind of choices did you see them making? Yeah, so for the first stage, I would say that the choice that every sponsor and CRO made was uh, late, and that was really just seeing how things played out. I remember the, the evening that the NBA canceled the season was kind of the, the very stark flag in the sand that this year was going to indeed be different. Um, and after that, what we really found was sponsors and CROs kind of had to adapt. They had to take projects or, or studies that were about to launch and adjust the protocols, or they were going to take things that have been underway and figure out how to adjust the site-based model that allowed for a more decentralized, patient-centric approach. And that that ebbed and flowed throughout the year. But I think what ended up happening was sponsors and CROs really found that there were multiple ways to recruit and engage and retain patients that maybe the, the the pandemic kind of forced them to develop a bit more of a robust strategy around thinking beyond kind of the, the standard playbook of bringing folks into sites and then following them through the protocol. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Remote, virtual, decentralized trials suddenly became the de facto option to maintain trial continuity. Uh, and obviously, we know that many sponsors chose to go the virtual or hybrid road. Did you see that start to happen in the patient recruitment space as well? How are patient recruitment vendors adapting to this shift to more decentralized trials? Great question. Um, I actually have a really interesting apples to apples example where we had a sponsor, the, the study was live in, um, in January and February and ended up closing in March of last year as COVID restrictions basically locked down the site-based model. And so what me and my team were doing is we were providing a digital adjunct support for recruitment, funneling patients to all of these sites. And so fast forward a year later, that, that same study has kind of a, a second round to it. And now the entire protocol has basically been revamped to allow for a completely decentralized model because a lot of the, the, the elements of the protocol that were linchpinned upon certain sites to be operative, um, they actually realized that it wasn't completely necessary. So they're doing things like sending product to the customer at their home and using more tech to make sure that they're doing on like real-time monitoring and following up with them. And so from an apples to apples comparison, we do see like you can take the same protocol and apply a, a digital lens to it and get, you know, ideally the same results or better. Um, but overall, what we've seen is instead of looking at sites as kind of the bread and butter for recruitment, I think what, what COVID did is it, it forced sponsors to really evaluate whether that is a true premise. And what we're seeing now are RFPs and studies coming through to us that look more at digital as the central point of recruitment and sites is more of the adjunct or, or bolt-on for additional enrollment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we all had to adapt. Um, so with sponsors being forced to turn to digital recruitment, how was One in Health able to help them effectively reach and recruit patients throughout the pandemic? Yeah, so it's, um, I mean, that's a small question, but a lot of big answers to it. So one of the things that really any digital recruitment firm is going to do is basically put put ads in front of folks and hope that they take some action, as I mentioned earlier. Um, what we believe at the core of, of what One in Health is and does is that marketing around clinical trials is really around starting a conversation. And the two most important parts of a conversation are who are you talking to and what are you saying? And so the way that we've driven our technology development and our AI that allows us to target individuals in a way that um, is a bit more patient-centric plus creating materials that are really about the patient and not so much informational about the study. By combining those two factors, what we're able to do is, is, is twofold, and, and they really have kind of an amplification effect. First is we're reaching folks who otherwise aren't getting ads for clinical trials because they're outside, quote, the norm or the obvious target that a study might go after. And number two, we're using content and creative that belongs on a Facebook newsfeed or belongs in their, in their Google search bar. Because of the way that we think about the consumer journey, we don't think that we're producing something that would look good at a doctor's office. We're thinking about something that's gonna look good on their Facebook feed, on their Instagram feed, on TikTok, in a way that resonates with them innately. Oh, that's great, that's great. Uh, Dan, I mean, I, I can't tell you how refreshing it is to hear you speak about the use of AI techniques to find patients normally missed through some of the traditional approaches. Uh, the clinical research industry has been accused of being slow to adopt AI compared to other industries like banking and insurance. In fact, you can take pictures of a car that has been in an accident and get a check in the mail to repair it. And the whole process is driven by AI and requires very little 
uh, human input. So it's, it's really refreshing to hear you talk about how you incorporate that. Now, for sponsors who have found themselves turning to new digital solutions in response to COVID, what advice would you give them? How should they adopt uh, and adjust their patient recruitment strategies? I think a lot of it is um, the status quo does need a bit of shaking up. And so if you put yourself in the shoes of the sponsors, we often do before we speak with them when we're about to unveil our creative for a particular study. In many cases, sponsors are very used to um, sticking to the study particulars, what is going to be required of the participant. And in, in many cases, they, they don't actually get to what is what we call a thumb stopper um, as somebody's scrolling their feed. What's the thumb stopper that's going to make them actually read more? And it's got to be about the patient. And so some of the things uh, that kind of differentiate the way that we write our, our copy or the way that we produce our creative is really around what what patient centricity online looks like. And so making the, the study itself about an opportunity for a potential patient is the quintessential difference between how a pamphlet you might see in a doctor's office that's adopted to online. What we're not trying to do is take a pamphlet and put it into a Facebook newsfeed. We're trying to create content that is native to the environment and feels normal to the person that's seeing it and is engaging to get them to take the next step. And that shift from the, the look and feel of typical IRB approved materials to understanding that the platform has to denote the type of content that is produced on it, particularly for clinical trials, that's the widest gulf that we see with sponsors and their ability to adapt, is what is this kind of status quo ad look like, which is all study centric versus what we propose, which is a study ad that is entirely patient centric and compelling that might be very, very different than what they're used to seeing. Yeah, patient centricity is definitely the way to go, Don. Couldn't agree with you more. What do you think the state of patient recruitment will be after COVID? Uh, will the industry move back to relying on sites for recruitment or start developing digital recruitment strategies from the start? Well, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, another good question. I think, I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. I mean, COVID forced us to basically stay in our houses and not leave for a while. So as that lifts, we'll see the, the interaction and requirements for sites to be part of studies still remain. Um, I, I do think that there is a, a seismic shift that's happening, though, where, as we mentioned already, decentralization of trials is going to be more paramount, especially after the pressure test that was 2020, to figure out if studies could really be done that way. And I think most sponsors would say they give themselves a B or better on their report card and how they conducted themselves over the course of a very tough year. And so with, with all of that in mind, I think what, what has happened is digital is not going to be looked so much as a nice to have. I think it is going to be a central part of the, of the design of the recruitment strategy. Um, and sites will still find their value because there's just simply some studies that aren't going to be able to operate without some sort of site focus. Okay, great. Um, and any final thoughts you'd like to share with our audience? Yep. Yeah, the only thing that I, I just want to reinforce, because we, we come against this a lot, and I think um, when we have an industry that is highly technical, extremely sophisticated, and the standard for validation is so high, standard for data fidelity is so high, we often get lost in the fact that there's still somebody that has just looked at a Lady Gaga video on their phone and is next going to see a trial ad. And so much of the pushback or much of the convincing case that we have to do with sponsors is, is around convincing them that 
in order to reach people on a particular digital platform, you really have to throw out the old school thought process that the only way to do so is to have very sterile advertising copy. We believe that the way that we target people is unique to start the conversation with the right people, but the way that we talk to them is what compels them to move forward and enroll in studies. And so that would be the thing that I would ask sponsors to really consider and think about as they start envisioning what 2021 looks like for their for their clinical validation pathways. Well, there you have it. Don Brenner, CEO of One in Health. Thanks so much for joining us on Trial Better. This has been a really interesting and insightful discussion and just one of the many ways the clinical research industry has been pushed to accelerate change in the last year. This is your host, Otis Johnson. As always, thanks to our audience for tuning in. Please remember to comment, rate, or review Trial Better on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast channel. You can also reach us at trialbetter@ert.com with any questions or suggestions. We'll see you next time on the Trial Better podcast. That's all for this episode of Trial Better. We appreciate Dan joining us to talk about the changing landscape of one of the biggest challenges in clinical research, patient recruitment. To stay up to date on all the latest content from this season of the Trial Better podcast, make sure to subscribe to Trial Better on your favorite listening platform. Until next time, you can reach us at trialbetter@ert.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.